Good morning, everyone. This is the Broward County, uh, Broward County Board of County Commissioners Commission Reorganization Meeting of Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. I will ask everyone to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, I would like to ask Vice Mayor Udine to lead the pledge. Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please remain standing. Please remain standing. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is customary that we observe a moment of silence in honor of notable persons in our community who have recently passed. Colleagues, does anyone have anyone that you wish to remember during this moment of silence? We will start to our, my right with Senator Rich. Senator, Commissioner, Doctor, Vice Mayor, Commissioner, Commissioner, Commissioner. Okay, um, let us also honor all of the brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, both here and abroad, and also our first responders and thank all of them for their service. Please pause for a moment of silence. Please take your seats. Welcome to the November 16th, 2021 commission meeting. Thank you for joining us today. County Commission meetings are available for, to everyone to view online and are also open to in-person attendance on a limited basis by persons who wish to provide public comment on an agenda item. Those wishing to attend in person must sign up to speak on their items here in Government Center between 8.30 and 9.45 a.m. on the morning of the meeting. Members of the public, may also provide public comment by telephone. To do so, you must sign up on the county's website at registertospeak.broward.org prior to 9.30 a.m. the morning of the meeting. Today's music was selected by Dr. Commissioner Barbara Sharif, Superhero by Tanisha Harris, and Am I Wrong by Nico and Vance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is truly an exciting day for Broward County. This morning, I will present the state of the county, then we will select a new mayor and vice mayor. After a brief recess, we will reconvene in our reassigned seats and finish the remainder of our meeting. There are no proclamations or presentations today, so first on our agenda is the mayor's annual state of the county presentation as required by the county charter. I will be making this presentation from the podium. And had I realized I was making the presentation from the podium, I would have used larger size type. <laughs> um, good morning, colleagues. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Um, the annual state of the county address 
is a time where we look back at the accomplishments and progress that the county has achieved over the past year. It also lends insight into where we are headed as today the Commission chooses a new mayor and vice mayor. My term as mayor was interesting. As Charles Dickens said, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the season of light, it was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. As mayor, I was the face of Broward during the worst pandemic in our lifetimes, and I took this responsibility seriously. My main focus was protecting the life and health of Broward citizens while balancing this with protecting our economy. I consistently personally consulted with national and local health experts and held many news conferences to provide accurate information in a calm and timely fashion. I am thrilled to have served with outstanding members of this commission during these difficult times as we work together to protect Broward. There's no question that 2020 and 2021 were a challenge for county and city governments, businesses, medical and health care organizations, and most importantly, the almost 2 million residents that we serve. 2021 was a tumultuous year with COVID-19 spiking in Broward County to an all-time high last August, when Broward County, unfortunately, had the highest hospitalization rate of any county in the country. Broward had more people hospitalized than Harris County, Texas, with their population of 4.7 million, or Los Angeles County with 8 million, the number two and four counties in the country with the highest hospitalization rates after Broward and number three, Miami-Dade. Over the course of the year, COVID testing slowed and we turned our attention to COVID vaccinations. Our county parks operations changed from swabs to needles as we launched multi-million dollar promotional campaigns in partnership with the Florida Department of Health to encourage people to get vaccinated and to wear a mask in order to stop or at least slow the spread of the virus. I must comment on the county's dealings with our state government. When I proposed the plan for reopening, which this commission adopted, I did this after having spoken and written to the CDC, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Johns Hopkins, the local hospital districts, the chief epidemiologist of the state of Florida, which honestly was a position I hadn't even known existed, and others. Then Governor DeSantis came along and superseded all of our authority with the stroke of his pen. I respect the office of the governor and whoever sits in that office at any time. However, I find it ironic that the state tells the federal government not to pass laws, national laws, because what works in New York doesn't work in North Dakota. When we went to the governor and legislature and asked for local authority to protect ourselves because what works in Bradford County with its population of 28,000 doesn't work in Broward County with nearly 2 million residents, we were ignored. I begged the legislature and governor to preempt local government less than they are. As a county, we came together with our 31 cities 
and I held mayor's calls on a regular basis to discuss countywide strategies to protect our population. And as the mayor of Broward County, I'm proud that all of that round-the-clock work made a big difference. Let me give a quick shout-out to Mark Bogan, who I believe is the commission that initiated the mayor's calls. Um, we prevailed by learning new ways to do things. We learned new ways to communicate that brought us new words, such as Zoom or Skype. Though it was safer for us to separate from one another, it also brought us closer together and brought out the strength of our leadership skills as we worked to protect our residents, families, and visitors. I'm still concerned with Broward's future with COVID. Although national COVID rates had been declining, they appear to have plateaued. National vaccination rates had been creeping up, especially with mandatory vaccination orders in other states and from the federal government. However, it seems that most adults that haven't been vaccinated yet are steadfast in their unwillingness to get vaccinated. And we are seeing declining effectiveness of the vaccines as they appear to weaken over time unless one receives a booster shot. I remind everyone that Florida counts its numbers differently from most or all other states. I use a method, one that John Hopkins and other medical schools use, that's more difficult to manipulate, which is new cases per 100,000 of population. You've all heard me refer to that repeatedly. Under 2.5 is good, 2.5 to 5 is yellow, 5 to 10 is orange, and over 10 is red, meaning out of control. In June, we were at 5.1. We went up to 144 in August. I've reviewed the numbers recently, and most days we seem to be around 8. Today, we were at, this morning, we were at 8.1. Better than we were, but still in a cautionary stage. And with everyone gathering together and no longer wearing masks, I fear a future outbreak, especially among the unvaccinated. I know that I'm repeating myself, but I urge everyone to follow the advice of the medical and scientific experts, not someone that gives you advice on the internet. Vaccines and boosters work. Masks add extra protection, and good hygiene just makes good sense. In the middle of the COVID pandemic, I thought that Broward needed some good news, and I created the Broward County Medal of Valor to highlight the decency and caring of Broward County's people. The Medal of Valor is given to those Broward County residents that have risked their own lives and safety trying to save the lives of other people. It is fitting that we honor these people, and I'm glad that the news media has given these presentations the coverage that they deserve. I hope that our new mayor will continue this award. County operations remained working despite the challenges that COVID brought. When I was elected as a commissioner, and when you honored me by selecting me as mayor last year, job creation was my number one priority and at the very top of our list of accomplishments. I'm very pleased with the creation of a film commission. I met throughout the year with major players in the industry to, get, to obtain ideas and insight. These include Emilio Estefan and his daughter Emily, 
actor John Huertas and his wife, who operate a well-organized entertainment marketing firm. We organized a film summit with over 40 attendees. Florida was once the third largest film producing state prior to the legislature doing away with film incentives. That's why I felt the creation of a film commission was necessary. The film commission will bring filming incentives, jobs, revenue, and bring new promotional and branding opportunities to Broward County. We should be announcing the hiring of a new film commissioner within the next week. Broward County's unemployment rate has been dropping. Fortunately, people are getting back to work, and our unemployment is lowering as the economy kicks back into gear. Technic technological advancements will have changed the way we do things now, and I believe that will escalate in the future. The opening of the Allen B. LeVan NSU Center of Innovation will serve as a tech hub for Broward County and South Florida. I think you'll be hearing a lot more on Tub and crypto from the incoming mayor. <laughs> um, I felt that the $6.75 million in matching funds that I helped through the budget process will go a long way in helping startup technology companies and innovation collaboratives. In order to create jobs, you must have a skilled workforce, which is why I authored the Broward County Construction Apprenticeship Program. That ordinance requires that 12% of labor hours and large construction projects funded by county dollars be performed by apprentices. This program will give people the skills they need to create a positive, stable future. Apprentices who are taught valuable trade skills, such as construction, electrical, or plumbing services, can earn a high-paying job. Many construction companies are having a difficult time filling these types of positions due to a shortage of qualified candidates. This program is a benefit to all, and I'm proud we were able to pass it this year. I am a strong and unabashed believer in organized labor. I believe that income inequality has increased as private sector union memberships declines. Along these lines, I also created the Mayor's Labor Council and continued with the Labor Working Group that I created four years ago. The Working Group brings together representatives from unions, contractors, and subcontractors, vocational and technical schools, the Marine Industry, the Alliance, public school counselors, and many other groups to promote futures in the skilled trades. I believe that everyone needs post-high school training, but not everyone needs a four-year college degree to earn a good middle-class living. Commissioners have previously asked about attending the working group meetings, but we haven't been able to do that because of sunshine concerns. The next meeting has been sunshined and will be held at 9 a.m. this Thursday, November 18th at the Levan Center. All commissioners are invited to attend. The fiscal year 2022 budget was $6.7 billion with funding earmarked for affordable housing, the continuation of all county services, human rights, and the environment. Land use is a vital responsibility of this commission, and an ordinance that I finally passed this year will hopefully encourage developers to build residential projects on land that currently has commerce or commercial land use designation. This should lead us to more transit-oriented housing units along corridors easily accessible to transportation, 
and allow us to use the scarcity of land that we have in an efficient manner to house our growing population. I push this idea forward because in the long term, I believe the most important solution to affordable housing is creating more housing. Our economic engines, Port Everglades, the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood Airport, and tourism took a hit during the pandemic, but the rebound is beyond expectations. I would like to thank Mark Gale, our aviation director, Jonathan Daniels at the Seaport, and Stacy Ritter at the CVB for doing great jobs under difficult circumstances. Cargo operations at Port Everglades are back to the same level of business as usual, importing and exporting the same amount of goods prior to the pandemic. In fact, July was a record month for cargo volumes at the port. We also installed big cranes for big gains at Port Everglades to move more cargo and improve operations. While the cruise industry took a big hit by shutting down during COVID, cruises are making a great comeback, again returning to sailing. These include new ships and new, new cruise lines bringing their business to Port Everglades. One of the biggest announcements of the year, Port Everglades completed the agreement with Disney Cruise Lines to begin operating at Port Everglades in fall of 2023. The agreement is for 15 years with a minimum guarantee of 10.6 million guests with three five-year options. This is quite an accomplishment and an acknowledgement of how desirable Port Everglades is for all three legs of our diversified port cruise, cargo, and energy. I still believe that the cruise industry should have the right to require proof of vaccination on their ships if they choose to do so, and sent a letter signed by me and the two other mayors with jurisdiction over Port Everglades to Governor Ron DeSantis, asking him to permit the private sector to make these private decisions. At the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport, passenger traffic continued to improve over the second quarter of 2020 when travel fell to an historic low following COVID. Currently, FLL is one of the fastest recovering airports in the United States, with passenger traffic already approaching 2019 levels. We should be most proud of the progress that has been made here in partnership with our airlines and all employees working at the airport through such trying times. Yes, that is Vice Mayor Udine's picture. Um, Broward County tourism quickly recovered from COVID. In fact, Visit Waterdale reports that leisure visitors were king this summer with record-breaking rates. May's occupancy of 78% was the highest May occupancy on record. Tourist development tax collections are currently up 35% from last year. Year to date, roughly $67 million has been collected. That is 7% higher than the same time in 2019, the last year pre-COVID. Broward County never shut down necessary operations during COVID. We continue to serve the public with bus service and open transportation terminals. We also offered free fare transit service during most of the pandemic. This past year, 12 Proterra electric buses were delivered. Four new articulated new flyer 60-foot buses were added to the fleet. 
as well, and five new express service buses were delivered and put into service. We intend as a commission to keep the promises we made to the voters when they passed the transportation surtax by increasing mass transit, while at the same time we intend to do what our county can do to reduce our carbon footprint. Broward is a leader when it comes to adopting and finding innovative ways to keep our environment safe and clean. The land we live on, surrounded by water, is a fragile ecosystem, impacted severely by sea level rise and climate change. As chair of the Broward County Water Advisory Board for several years, and as the incoming president of the South Florida Regional Planning Council, I've been shouting about the importance of a new updated Central and South Florida restudy. It's a complicated issue, but basically the canals that drain South Florida only work if the inland water is higher than the ocean water. With sea level rise, that's about to change. I've been working with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and we're in serious trouble. If sea level rise projections are accurate, and I believe that they are, then under the best case scenario from the Corps, the county will flood long before the Corps can finish renovations. This must remain a top priority of the county. This past year, we also adopted the 100-year future conditions flood map, which is a milestone in the county's efforts to further community resilience. The future conditions flood map accounts for the combined impacts of sea level rise and increased rainfall on predicted flood elevations and provides a new minimum standard for finished floor elevations. By designing to this new standard, we help to protect properties against future flood risk while also working to help preserve the affordability of flood insurance. County construction continued at a quick pace this year. In addition to the construction of the Waterhill Transit Center, the top floor of the new Broward County Courthouse, which will be named after Chief Judge Jack Tudor, will be celebrated with a ribbon-cutting ceremony scheduled for this Friday. Construction begins on the newly, continues on the newly expanded convention center, and it is my hope and belief that we will shortly get underway in the new convention center hotel. Groundbreaking will also get underway as Broward builds a new Nancy J. Cotterman Center to assist victims of sexual assault, child abuse, and human trafficking. When the Champlain Towers collapsed in Surfside, it was the focus of worldwide attention. The thought that the home we live in could quite suddenly, without warning, collapse was frightening. Earlier this year, I assembled the Condominium Structural Issues Committee, which included members of the state legislature, building construction and engineering experts, condominium association members, city officials, and others to discuss what we could do in the future to prevent such a horrible disaster. We learned a lot. And after 27 hours of meetings, we developed a series of recommendations that will be brought forward to the Florida legislature and appropriate state and local agencies. These recommendations cover a wide range of topics, from constructions to inspections to insurance. And my hope is that the processes and procedures will change. And as a result, our buildings will be safe and better secured and looked after. 
Last week, I spent an hour on a Zoom with the Secretary of the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation and three or four of her top people discussing the work of this committee. It has been a pleasure to serve as Broward Mayor. I'm proud of the accomplishments that we have made together and look forward to continuing this pattern of success and perseverance in the future under our new mayor. While this is my last meeting as mayor, it is also the last government reorganization for our county administrator, Bertha Henry. Her legacy lies in the nearly two decades of leadership that she has provided, day in and day out. Her experience, insight, hard work, energy, and spirit have taken Broward County to great heights. Through her leadership, we have survived a great recession, countless close encounters with horrific storms and flooding, suffered through social unrest and a pandemic we've never seen the likes of before. The Broward County that we live in today is very much part of her creation. Ms. Henry doesn't shy away from making the hardest of decisions, nor does she seek accolades for a job well done. She is deeply respected by the 6,000 plus county employees and her peers throughout the state and country. As I've stated publicly in the past, I believe she is the best county administrator in the United States. She does have the award to prove that. And Ms. Henry, it is with a heavy heart that we will say goodbye to you when you leave next year. You certainly deserve some quality time to relax and enjoy your friends and family. You have tirelessly served this commission and the public with all your heart and soul. Well, I thank you for a job well done. This board also looks forward to our future county administrator, Monica Sapero. Is she here? Okay. Um, we are more than confident that she will lead our county fearlessly and with unique competence. We believe in you, Ms. Sapero, and we know that you have been mentored and trained by the very best. Together, I am confident we will take Broward County to new heights with new ideas and innovative ways to lead our county. You are the leader of a great team that we rely upon to keep county government running to serve our residents, who are always our top priority. I know that we are in good hands with you as our next county administrator, and somebody will have to show her this. Um, and to my colleagues. Thank you for another year of success as we work closely together as a team. I look forward to continu continuing this team as we work together with our incoming mayor and vice mayor. I am confident that Michael Udine will do a great job as mayor of Broward County. <laughs> He's got my vote. We have lived through one of the most memorable and tragic times in history. Nearly 4,900 people have died from the coronavirus in Broward County. I want people to know that you are thought of, and we do realize the extreme pain and suffering that has been befallen us because of COVID. I want to express my condolences to all of you who have suffered and know that our hearts are with you. We must continue to remain safe, to get vaccinated, to protect our own lives and the lives of others. So while I would describe the state of the county as good and recovering, we are also saddened by the lives that have been lost and for the many families and people in the county and worldwide affected by this virus. 
Thank you to the people, businesses, medical institutions, educational facilities, government organizations, and countless nonprofit and religious organizations that came together to get us through this year. And a special thank you to my staff, my former Chief of Staff David Geller, my current Chief of Staff Jacqueline Garcia Ortega, my Commission aide Barbara Kopeck, and my Outreach Coordinator Bina Fink. I would especially like to thank my wife Laurel, black and white dress, as the time that elected officials spend on public service is a time taken away from our families. And of course, thank you to the people who choose to call Broward County home. Everything we do as elected officials, we do with you in mind. You are the reason that we have chosen this very public profession, and with your help and support, I believe a bright, joyous, and productive future is in store. Thank you. Right to your left, I, if I could be recognized. recognized. I just want to say what a great job you did as mayor and thank you for your time and, and devotion, dedication, and uh, really enjoyed having you as our mayor during the last year. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. I appreciate your kind words. At, uh, let's see. Okay, the next item of business, I don't want to keep them waiting any longer. Um, <clears throat> The next item of business is to elect a new mayor and to call for nominations. I will be open, let me announce the procedure. I will be opening the floor for nominations, receive nominations from the commission members. I will then close nominations in the event of multi multiple nominees. We'll call for a vote in the order that the nominations were made. The first nominee to receive five <clears throat> affirmative votes is elected. Commissioner Ryan, you're recognized, sir. Thank you, Mayor. That, that speech was so wistful and, and, and so all-encompassing. Um, I'd like to nominate you for another year, Mayor. Would you like to do it? <laughs> I respectfully but thankfully decline. Well, and this, this one actually is, is not the second choice. This is, I think, the first choice of all of us. Um, I think that uh, we have seen uh, a tremendous amount of leadership in the last year as uh, Vice Mayor Michael Udine has stepped into the shoes of Vice Mayor and uh, it's a big county and with everything going on with COVID there was no way that our mayor could be everywhere at the same time. Uh, Vice Mayor Udine uh, handled his duties uh, quite well uh, representing the county and always spoke clearly and succinctly in uh, his remarks. He's, uh, are you a double gator? Double gator? And uh, he's uh, a sharp mind, sharp wit, and uh, respects the process, and is always available to do the best for Broward County. And so, without reservation, I place in nomination Michael Udine for next mayor of Broward County. And I second. Thank you. I second. Commissioner, I second it. Commissioner Holness, you recognize, sir.
I second the nomination of Michael Udine to be your next mayor. Having served at the city level as mayor of Parkland, now serving his second term at the county commission and as our vice mayor, he's ready to be the next mayor of Broward County. His approach to governance is balanced. He's calm. He's sensitive to people. He has a good understanding as to the increasing diversity of Broad County and has reached through many efforts in different parts of our county to ensure that everyone feels fully a part of Broad County. He understands the need for us to continue to grow our economy and to ensure that it is inclusive of everyone, supportive of those who have the greatest needs is important, and he brings that to the table. Uh, I'm Dale everywhere, but he's, Dale, he's uh, Michael almost everywhere. <laughs> and we cross paths across Broad County in, in many, many instances uh, working to serve the people of Broad County. I believe that the people of Broad County will benefit tremendously from your experience, from your balanced approach, and, and for your kind, gentle ways uh, without being weak. You're a strong man. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any additional nominations? Uh, Commissioner Bogan, for I'd like to move to close nominations. There's a motion to close nominations, moved by Commissioner Bogan, seconded second by it. Dr. Sharif. Is there any debate? Seeing no debate, all those in favor of closing nominations, please signify by saying aye. 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 Uh, opposed. Show that adopted unanimously. Do we have a motion to accept? The nomination of Michael Udine as Broward County's next mayor. So moved. Moved by Commissioner Honus, seconded by Dr. Sharif. Um, all those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Uh, I'd like to congratulate uh, Michael Udine. I would now like to welcome Ma Vice Mayor Udine, Mayor elect Udine family members and guests to the podium and introduce Maury Udine, Michael's father, to administer, to administer the mayoral oath of office to the mayor elect. Incoming Mayor Udine is joined today by several member, members of his family and friends his wife, Stacy, his mother, Toby his daughter, Lexi, his sons, David and Matthew, and his father, Maura Udine, who will administer the mayoral oath of office. If there's anyone I left out, it's not my fault, I'm just reading the list. Uh, Mr. Udine, Maura Udine, you are now recognized to administer the oath Thank of you. office. Repeat after me. I. I, Michael Udine. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support protect and defend the Constitution and government of the United States. That I will support, protect, and defend the Constitution and government of the United States. And of the state of Florida. And of the state of Florida. That I am duly qualified to hold office under the Constitution of this state. That I am duly qualified to hold office under the Constitution of this state. And under the Broward County Charter. And under the Broward County Charter. And that I, 
and that I will well and faithfully perform the duties of Mayor of Broward County. And that I will well and faithfully perform the duties of Mayor of Broward County. On which I am, which I now, am now, now about, about to, to enter. enter. So, so help, help me God. At this point in time, I would like to ceremoniously transfer the gavel, which means I'm also going to give you this, the striker, to the current mayor of Broward County. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here. Uh, I have a few brief remarks, which. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> First and foremost, uh, I want to start by thanking my family, my wife, Stacy, and my three children, David, Matt, and Lexi. They're my rock, the best support system I could ask for. Um, and they're great. And I know on days like this, they're proud of me. But I have to tell you, I'm way more proud of them for everything that they do day in and day out and, and how they are pushing forward in a positive direction. Uh, it's probably way more difficult to be the family of an elected official than anyone can imagine, but they handle it with grace and dignity day in and day out. They do what needs to be done, and they smile while doing it, mostly. So many family and friends have been with me from the beginning and are here with me today. My brother, my sister, my sister-in-law, brothers-in-law, nieces, nephews, and so many close friends that have been with me from the beginning. Over the years, they have held signs, knocked on doors, donated their time and resources for elections, and this accomplishment is as much theirs as it is mine, and I truly thank you all from the bottom of my heart. I want to make specific mention and thanks to my parents, Maury and Toby Udine. Um, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that they're here to see this. It's got to be so cool to see their child become the mayor of one of the largest and most diverse counties in the nation. And uh, it's just so awesome that they're here. This is a gavel that was my grandfather's gavel. He was 
uh, Eastern, like the story like many people have, he was an Eastern Euro European immigrant that came to this country in the 50s and 60s, that pushed a broom in a store, and later went on to become the president of the Essex County Butchers Association. A prideful man that taught himself to read alone, to read English, with comic books in his bedroom because he didn't want anybody to know that he didn't know how to read when he first came to this country. And his story is similar to many of the stories that we see in Broward County and throughout South Florida and exemplifies that the diversity of our people is one of our great strengths that should be celebrated as we move forward. I want to congratulate Senator Geller on a fantastic year as mayor. Um, you know, difficult times. No one chooses to be mayor during a pandemic. I'm glad he was vice mayor before me so he could be mayor more during the heat of the pandemic. But he forged ahead with a very positive agenda. Um, he made major, major wins for Broward County. Um, the, the NSU Innovation Academy, the Film Commission, these are things that are going to be trans, and, and many more, and these things are going to be transformational as we move forward in the county. I want to thank the rest of the board for selecting me uh, to lead uh, the team of hardworking and dedicated elected officials. I will work hard to help achieve our collective goals and continue to help move Broward forward in a positive, respectful fashion. I want to thank all of our employees, whether they're at the airport, the seaport, a road worker, a bus driver, or one of our over 6,000 employees throughout our organization in whatever department they are, operating with an our best, nothing less motto. We should all be appreciative of the service that they perform day in and day out for the residents of Broward County. I know that I certainly am, and I wanted to make special mention of it. I want to make specific mention of the county attorney, Drew Myers, and his team. Thank you for everything that you guys do. You guys are like 24-7, and, and you just really knock it out of the park. Finally, our amazing county administrator, Bertha Henry, one of the most well-respected administrators in the nation. While she'll leave in a few months um, to, to enjoy some well-deserved uh, retirement, the mark that she made in Broward County over her tenure will live on forever. She's been a fan fantastic CEO of, and arguably one of the most impactful people over the last few decades in South Florida. And true to form is what great leaders do. She has left an extremely talented and competent successor in Monica Supero, who I look forward to working with as we move forward. My own personal county team, Beth Talabisco, Kyle, Sarah, awesome. We're all 24-7 types. We do what it takes for the county. There are no days off. We work hard, and we get things done. Our, day is always, our door is always open, and I really thank them from the bottom of my heart. There are many elected officials, business leaders, uh, nonprofits, government employees in the audience, all of whom will be encountering the same issues over the next year. We're all going to have to navigate the backside of one of the worst pandemic in our nation's history. We're going to have to deal with reopening, repositioning, and the safety of all of our respective stakeholders as we collectively move forward. So if I had to come up with a theme or a focus of this year, it would be healthy and sustainable Broward. And by that I mean physical health, 
respectful of any differences that anybody's had on the media or over the years with pandemics and, and anything else, one thing has been completely true during these past few years. Healthier people had healthier out and better outcomes. And this should be focused in our decision making as we move forward. And we need to move forward as a community together, making sure that we're doing the best that we can on a physical health level. It also includes mental health. One of the most important issues we faced prior to the pandemic and going into the pandemic was that of mental health. And I think that the pandemic has exacerbated that by miles and the stress is coming in from every different angle in a mental health perspective. Our human services and nonprofit community will be stretched like never before and we must do what we can as a commission to stay ahead of that. Financially, our, on an individual level, jobs in the employment picture in Broward will be in focus as the personal finances of our residents and visitors have been affected in many different ways during the pandemic. With respect to affordable housing, transportation, all of these things are gonna be key issues that we'll look for through the next year and we're gonna to have to deal with this time dealing with it on the other side of a pandemic. Our post-pandemic South Florida economy, Broward County and all of South Florida is becoming the region of choice for business startups, relocation and growth. These companies are bringing their jobs and opportunity for all ends of the spectrum. I believe we must embrace these opportunities. We must look at new technology and new ways of doing things and we also must embrace and continue to support our local established businesses that are already here. We must continue to focus as a team on the things that make that happen. Affordability and housing, transportation improvements, our cultural division for the fun stuff, our libraries, our environment, and I'll leave it at, at, as Visit Lauderdale says it best. We must continue to be an everyone under the sun destination with opportunities for all. To close out, working together, respecting our environment, celebrating our diversity, and respecting each other, we can continue to make sure Broward County is on, on track for a healthy and sustainable future, which helps lifts people up and makes for a stronger, more vibrant community. Thank you, and I look forward to serving as your mayor this year. Our next order of business is the uh, election of a vice mayor. Can I be recognized? Yes.
I'll recognize Commissioner Holness and then Commissioner Bogan. I see them both lit up. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. You, Dean. I'd like to place in nomination Senator Commissioner Nan Rich. Nan Rich. She's experienced that she served at the state level as a state senator. She actually had the rigorous task of running for governor of the state of Florida. She's now serving her second term here on this county commission. Senator Rich has a keen sense of the needs of our community. Very caring, very thoughtful. She understands the need for affordable housing to ensure that we have place in Broward County for workers and for working families. She understands the need to ensure that we have support for those who have mental illness which our new mayor spoke to just now. It's a real serious crisis that we've looked away from. 47% of the people in jail in Broad County are taking psychotropic drugs. They need medicine to stay sane. She's on task and on top of those great needs that we have within our community. She knows how important it is to ensure that we have the social services in place to help those who have the greatest needs within our community so that we can build and strengthen every fabric of our community and ensure that we give everyone an opportunity to live a productive life. She is the longest serving member of this board that is yet to serve as vice mayor or mayor. She certainly deserves of this nomination to be our next vice mayor here in Broad County. And that's my nomination, Mayor Udine. Do I have a second? Second. I have a motion and a second, Commissioner Bogan. I would also uh, like to make a nomination. Um, as I did last year, I am um, proud to nominate um, the gentleman that sits to my left, Lamar Fisher. I, uh, in 2014, when I was elected as a county commissioner, uh, I got the chance to work with um, five different mayors from five different cities, and Lamar was one of those mayors. And I got to learn um, how not only how Lamar has served as mayor of Pompano Beach, served in different capacities, but his entire family has shown dedication and service to the community. Uh, just for educational, uh, his great-grandfather even signed the Articles of Incorporation for the city of Pompano Beach. The whole family has been involved, and Lamar is just somebody that uh, demonstrates what professionalism, integrity, and class is all about. And, um, and, I, and I'd like to learn more from, to, from Lamar. He's got a great temperament. I, I need to, to be more with his, with, with his temperament. <laughs> I just, uh, but in any way, I'm proud and honored to uh, nominate Lamar. He deserves it. He'll be a great vice mayor. And I'd like to second that motion. As I've been serving on this board um, for just over 11 years, I had the privilege of working with Commissioner Fisher as mayor 
of Pompano. And we had some pretty tumultuous times when it came to the CRA and when it came to other League of City issues. And what I loved about you is your steadfast leadership, your ability to compromise and never let personal things get in the way. Because too many times, many people can do that. I think that you would be an exceptional mayor. And it is my pleasure and privilege to second the nomination. Commissioner Farr. Thank you, Mayor. That's the first, first time you get a chance to say that. This, it sounds good. I, I do, before I, before I speak, I want to uh, just tell uh, Senator Geller, I thought you did a great job this last year. And tough times, and, and uh, you just, uh, it was, it was from, from a commissioner's point of view, watching you uh, represent us, I was, I was very proud. Very good. Thank you, sir. Um, I appreciate that. <clears throat> um, I would like to nominate Dan Rich as well. Um, she's been one of the most passionate and fierce advocates for positive change and community growth for decades here in Broward County. She served two years in the House of Representatives, eight years in the Florida Senate, as Commissioner Holland said, ran for governor. Uh, she's also served in, in, in many community leadership roles, uh, the National Council of Jewish Women, Kids in Distress, Area-Wide Council on Aging, the Broward Behavioral Health Coalition, and many more. She's been open-hearted, a tenacious leader on affordable housing, education, women's empowerment, sustainability, and a whole lot more things. She has a bipartisan and local record of getting things done. And in her four years here as a county commissioner, having come in with the uh, star-studied class of Geller and Eudine. Uh, uh, number one freshman class. Exactly, yeah. number one freshman class. Two senators <laughs> <and> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> she has made her presence and leadership known. And uh, she's push, pushed forward for all of us some outstanding initiatives. She knows how to work the levers of government and is not afraid to pull them. I think we will be well served with her as mayor. She's principled and fearless and not afraid, afraid to take on the toughest of issues. We have all seen the dedication and tenacity that she brings to the, to the job. I think her turn has come. I think her turn is now. Her time is now. And I would also like to uh, nominate Nan Rich for vice, for vice mayor. Mayor. Thank you. Mayor. I recognize Commissioner Ryan and then Commission, Commissioner Ryan. Mayor, I move that the nominations for vice mayor be closed. Second. Okay. I have a motion to close nominations, moved by Commissioner Ryan, seconded by Commissioner Bogan. All in favor of closing nominations, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Nominations are closed. We have a nomination for Commissioner Fisher for vice mayor and a nomination for Commissioner Rich. Raise your hand if you want. I'll, I'll just take Fisher. Raise your hand if you want Commissioner Fisher. How do I do it? <laughs> well, there's two of them. You... Okay. Okay, I, I'll do I, I'll do the first one first. Uh, yes, sir. That's what the rules require. Okay, um, all in favor of selecting Commissioner Nan Rich as Vice Mayor, signify by saying aye and raise your hands so that we can get that. Aye. Show that that's four votes. All in favor of selecting Commissioner Fisher as Vice Mayor, signify by saying aye and raise your hands. Aye. Aye. That's five votes. Congratulations, uh, Commissioner Fisher, on your vice mayor.
Okay. Uh, mayor, just to, as a reminder, the uh, vice mayor's incoming vice mayor's speech is generally the shortest. I, so, so vice mayor Fisher has indicated that he really doesn't want to speak, but I do have one announcement that I have to make about it. And I see some uh, birds in the back there. It happens to be Vice Mayor Fisher's birthday oh. in two days. So come on out. And he looks fantastic for 35. Ready? Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Commissioner Fisher. Happy birthday to you. So as we close out this portion of the meeting, we, it's customary for us to take a 30-minute recess. We do have a little bit of business to attend to after, but this way it'll give people a chance that have to leave the, the, the day, uh, the, the chambers to leave. I do have a couple things that I wanted to present to outgoing former mayor, commissioner, senator, whatever we call him, Geller, <laughs> Senate Commission. These are two gifts for you from the commission and Thank one you. from my wife. You can do whatever you want, it's your choice. We're going to go in recess for 30 minutes, 20 minutes. Oh, oh, wait. We've got to swear in uh, oh, Vice Mayor Fisher. Yeah, <laughs> First meeting. All right, so let's, who's going to swear you in? Drew? All right, Drew, you're going to swear in Lamar? All right. Thank you. It's my honor to do so, uh, Vice Mayor. Uh, please repeat after me. Uh, I, and state your name. I, Lamar Fisher. Do solemnly swear. Solemnly swear. That I will support, protect, and defend. I will support, protect, and defend. The Constitution and Government of the United States. Constitution and Government of the United States. And of the State of Florida. And of the State of Florida. That I am duly qualified to hold office. I am duly qualified to hold office. Under the Constitution of the State. And under the Broward County Charter. And that I will well and faithfully perform the duties of Vice Mayor on which I am now about to enter. So help me God. With that, we are in recess for 25 to 30 minutes.
Commissioner Sharif, she wanted to make a quick comment before I start. Yes, Mayor, I just wanted to say that it's been a privilege to serve with you. And I, there's a few things that I'm happy for today. One is that you chose to be our designated appointee to the canvassing board. Um, two, that you're our cryptocurrency advisor. And three, that you have such progressive thoughts and ideas and you have a killer smile to go Thank along you. with that personality to match. Thank you. And you paid me to say this and um, you promised not to bang that gavel in my ears for the remaining time that I have on this commission, and I thank you. I promise. Don't promise, don't promise. Okay, promising. I'm, I'm right. gonna ask Thanks. the uh, <laughs> assistant county, or the reading clerk to read the Tuesday morning memo, please. Tuesday agenda memorandum. The following is submitted for your consideration. Consent items are one and two, regular items are three through six. I request the following withdrawals, Scrivener's errors, and inclusions of additional information. Withdrawals, deferral substitutions, none. Scrivener's errors, none. Additional information, regular meeting. Item number five, the board's, board's consideration of the resolution attached as exhibit one includes the exhibits to the resolution distributed as additional material. Item number six, the board's consideration of this item is based on the updates to exhibits one and two and draft contract amendments distributed by additional material. Item number six, and on the revised summary of terms to the Third Amendment and GMP Amendment Number 4, which deletes a paragraph inadvertently included in that amendment, distributed as additional material, Item Number 6, Parent 2, FGMP Contract Amendment Number 5 is unchanged. Mayor requests without objection, Items five, Number 5 and 6 be moved to consent. Additional material, regular meeting, non-agenda item, mayoral appointment submitted by Intergovernmental Affairs Board Section. Item number five, updated Exhibit 1, submitted by Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 6, updates to... Exhibits one and two and, con and draft contract amendments submitted by county administration. Item number six, parent two, updated language for summary of terms and FGMP contract amendment number four submitted by county administration. Thank you, Madam Reading Clerk. Is there uh, any polls from the consent agenda? I'll start with Commissioner Sharif, None. Commissioner Farr, Commissioner Rich, None. Vice Mayor Fisher, None. Commissioner Geller, None. Commissioner Ryan, None. Commissioner Bogan, None. Commissioner Holness. I'm going to be brief, but item six. Okay, so we have any polls from the public? For questions only. For questions only. Okay, so can I get a motion to approve the agenda as amended? Yes. I have a motion and a second. Uh, Geller, Commissioner Sharif, all in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? We have an agenda. The motion on the consent agenda, please. So move. Second. Geller, Sharif, all in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Agenda item number five passes unanimously. Agenda item number six, if you want to read that in, and then it's been pulled by Commissioner Holmes. Slow down, Mayor. We're not ready. No, no, he's good. You're good. You're good. We love it. May Mayor. Agenda item number six. Mayor. We just, uh, just to make sure, because I'm, I'm just getting used to your too. procedure as well. I just wanted to make sure that where there were no board appointments under number one, but item number two was passed as part of that. Two yes. and five with Correct. only six to remain. Correct. Thank you. He's just testing you, Drew. He Got it. To make sure you I'm going to mention the board appointments in my quick closing, and then we'll be good to go. You want me to read six, all yeah. the motions? Yeah, just briefly read them and so that we get them into the record. County Administration 6, Motion A, uh, Motion to Authorize County Administrator to Approve and Execute GMP Contract Amendment Number 4 to the Master Development Agreement MDA between Broward County and Matthews Holdings Southwest, Inc. Keep going, or? I think, that, is that good for A? 
Then go. To, let's go to B. Motion to authorize county administrator to approve and execute GMP contract amendment number five to the MDA between Broward County and MSW for the project and in substantially the form provided to the board to be distributed Monday. Good. Uh, C. Motion to authorize county administrator to approve a third amendment to the MDA between Broward County and Matthews Holding Southwest Inc. Sounds good to Consistent me. Consistent with the summary of terms, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, agenda item number six is on the floor. I'm going to recognize Commissioner Holmes in a second, but before debate, can I have a motion to approve this item? So moved. I have second. a motion by Commission, Vice Mayor Fisher. I have a second by Commissioner Sharif. It is now on the floor. Commissioner Holness, you're recognized. Thank you, Mayor Yadin. I'm going to be very brief with this. I know how important these projects are for the people of Broad County. Uh, and yes, we must be cognizant of cost and do everything we can uh, to keep those costs in line with our budgets the best we can. As everyone here would know, my concern is the reduction in the CBE participation. Uh, moving from 30% to 25%, and I was briefed by our county administrator, and I hear the concern that uh, we need to control cost. But what I'd like to put on the record here today is that we must make every effort to keep as many CBE in as possible and to reach as close to this 30% goal as we possibly can. Now, the 25% is the minimum, not the maximum. I'm hoping we can go beyond the 25% and reach 30% or even higher. I, I want to make sure we impress on our partners that every effort still ought to be made to go to a higher goal than the 25%. That is my concern. I recognize the county administrator. Uh, the, thank you, uh, Commissioner Holness. As you, uh, as you've indicated, as, as part of the briefings, it's our intent to um, uh, get, move as close to our goal as possible. As you're right, the, men, the floor is 25%. Um, we are going to be holding that the differential in an account, and hopefully, we won't. Uh, we don't have to use it for for other things. But um, if we do, and we have I mean, if we have some, some additional support, we'll make sure that we look to our CBEs to provide for those betterments in the future. And, and if there's any chance of finding some way to work with the CBE to get to the right number in terms of costs, I'd love for us to be working on that also, County Administrator. Okay, thank you. We will. Thank you, Commissioner Holmes. Commissioner Bogan, you wish to be recognized. Real quick question. How much are we saving by going from 30 to 25%? So for the convention center hotel, it's about $22 million, and for the, um, the uh, convention center, it's about 16 And if we went to 20%, how much would we be saving? Well, off the top of my head, I'll, you know, it would be obviously more. Uh, Double that? Sub maybe. Substantially more than. Okay. I, than I, I can't really. I have a different perspective that I'd like to ask my commissioners. I think that I, as well as Commissioner Holness, has been a very big proponent of CBEs and using CBEs. But the costs have gone up tremendously on this project. It's one project. 
And for this one project, I think you should even bring it down to 20%. We could save, we could cut, the, the increase is so huge. We're spending taxpayer dollars, over $100 million of taxpayer dollars because of materials going up in cost. We're not talking about uh, changing our, our um, we're not talking about changing our philosophy and, and what we want to do on 30%. We're talking about one project. And I think, um, and I would be happy if someone would join me, I would amend it down to 20% on this one project because the other side, the cost to our taxpayers is so significant, I think that we should be able to have the goal of 30, keep the goal of 30, but not require it because of costs. And, and I don't know if anybody feels that way in joining me with that, but when we have increases of over $100 million on one of the projects, I, you know, I think we need to do something for, you know, as the custodian of our taxpayer dollars to try to balance that out. And so I would, uh, I would make the motion that we bring it down to 20% on this one project. And um, if anybody wants to join that, I appreciate it. I have in the queue Senator Geller, then Commissioner Ryan, yeah. and then Senator Rich. Okay. I, I have a question for the County Administrator, Mr. Mayor. Sure. Thank you. County Administrator, I, I think that what Commissioner Bogan says may make some sense, actually normally does, but I have a question specifically on this. I've been a supporter of CBE, I think we all have been. What I have been led to believe, and I'd like your opinion on this, is that right now, because there is such a shortage of workers in general, that the CBEs are, who normally, we need a program to ensure that smaller businesses have the opportunity to get business and to grow. That's the goal of the MBE-CBE programs. That's what we want, SBE. Um, the concern that I have, and I'd like an answer, and maybe we can't dis fully discuss this today, but is there a problem today where the small businesses, knowing that they are required to get the uh, have a certain amount of participation are able to charge I don't want to say unreasonable but far above market rates because there's a shortage right now which normally would not exist I think we all agree that yes that the small business is important but is it counterproductive right now in today's current economy or, I don't know if you have an answer, but if you do, I'd like one. And maybe it, whether it's from you or Sandy Michael McDonald or whoever else can answer that. I, I, will, um, I will speak to this project specifically because, again, um, as we were uh, working with our partners to try to identify ways to, to begin to um, address some of the escalation in costs, and, and I think all, all of you are right, we are experiencing supply chain issues, cost escalations that go beyond anybody's control. But compounding that, we have um, we have a labor shortage, especially in the trades. And um, for this project specifically, um, um, our uh, our team believes for this project that um, uh, there won't that that we will have we can meet our goal. And that um, that the five percent differential that we're currently discussing, and any other def uh, differential that the board chooses to address, 
um, uh, that um, in this today's climate um, would not be uh, terribly detrimental. Now, it depends on the size of the projects. You have some smaller projects, which we would not consider doing that, but on a project of this size and the complexity and the, and the type of skills that, that you're needed, um, they, they are experiencing a shortage and they are experiencing um, many of the primes uh, moving on to other projects where um, that they can um, obviously receive more compensation for these follow projects. Follow-up question, sure. Mr. Mayor. Um, County Administrator, then, do you have a recommendation as to Commissioner Bogan's motion? I, I, I know you, you've had no preparation, so you may not have an answer, but do you know how much would save and or do you have any recommendation on it? Uh, at this point, I don't. Um, the, when we looked at the value of the 5%, we were able to, to actually look at the data to see what um, the total impact would be. To go to 20%, it could be higher. I just don't know. I don't have an answer of what that number could be, but obviously um, um, it, could, it could result in some more savings, and that's, that's okay. all the information okay. I have One for, final specific question. for this sure, project today. Thank you, sir. Uh, this is a question, I guess, to the county attorney. I'm not necessarily prepared to second Commissioner Bogan's motion now without having knowledge as to what the information is, but I think it has merit. Uh, I would like to get the information before we vote on it. So my question to the county attorney is, can we vote on this now, ask staff to get us the information, and then um, come back at perhaps our next meeting when we have the information and then be able to vote on Commissioner Bogan's motion. Because I think it does have merit, but I just, without knowing the savings, I have an issue. So uh, unless Mr. Tablack can answer that, but if not. Actually, um, if I could have Mr. Cohen. Okay. And, and County Attorney, could you respond to my question? Yes, and my understanding is that there's a, um, a hard deadline of November 30. Uh, however, because this is part of a contract negotiation, it's not something that we would unilaterally impose anyway. Uh, so it has to be agreed to by the other side. So if the board wanted to move forward with consideration of this, what it could do theoretically uh, is add a motion D to this list, which would authorize the county administrator uh, to enter into this amendment uh, with a reduction of the CVE goal down from 25% to 20% in both GMP4 and GMP5, uh, provided the other party agrees and Ms. Henry determines uh, that the savings uh, would be sufficient to justify that. I'd prefer to have the commission vote on it, it but I just want to know if we, if entering into this contract would prevent us from going to 20 at a lower time. I think what he says has merit, but without knowing the numbers, I'm not comfortable voting. Alan. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Um, some really brief context first is that oftentimes when we uh, contract with CBE providers, there is no cost increase because those bids are the low bids. Uh, so it's not always the case that CBE contracts are higher. We did have a very specific conversation with the development team about this commissioner, uh, and I'm sorry we didn't have a chance to talk about this earlier. Um, and when we talked to them about the possibility of going from 30 to 25, they actually felt it made a lot of sense because they had very competitive bids up to 
roughly the 25% level, they had a lot of difficulty getting from 25 to 30, and that's why that extra 5% was so expensive. So the savings would not necessarily be uh, nearly as significant as one might think going from 25 to 20. I'll withdraw. I just thought if we could balance out the huge increase, I'll withdraw it. I just, that's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so Commissioner Bogan's motion to amend has been withdrawn. So I have, are you, Senator Geller, are you finished? Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Okay. Mayor. So I have in queue uh, Commissioner Ryan next, followed by Commissioner Rich. Alan's answer was kind of where I thought we were going. So if you have a if you have a tight labor market and uh, you have uh, you know just a, a finite number of of skilled workers that could fill the positions in the CBE capacity, I could see how moving from 30 percent to 25 percent offers great savings. But even before you got up, I was I was just thinking in my own mind, you know we're we're certainly not going to save anything if we went down below 20 percent because you got certain you know hard and ready you know, a uh, nucleus of, of workers out there that are in the CBE uh, uh, qualified area that, you know, as I, I would see it is your, your savings would be reduced um, uh, less every time you, you know, you brought down that CBE uh, participation. So I'm glad that that was answered. Uh, the other question I had was, when you have the CBEs involved, I mean, is it like just almost all labor, or are they providing are they providing materials, and are they are they in working in any of that capacity? And if so, I mean, why would there be a big differential? Because I, I think unless unless there's like you know you buy more lumber or you buy more cement, you get a you know a little price differential. But are they involved in the materials also? They are, they are involved with the materials also, but only specifically the materials that, that are being used by their labor. Mm -hmm. So there are other counties that are known for allowing pass-throughs of all materials through CBE contracts just to get the numbers up. We don't do that. We honestly attribute supplies only to the CBE providers that are using them. And, you know, that's interesting, I, and I think that might be a matter, I, I see that, Commissioner Holness is writing furiously because that might be an interesting area to get into uh, where you could keep that pricing very tight from CBE participation versus just out in the open and market. And that makes it an easier way, I think, to raise the percentage for uh, CBE participation. Just a comment. Thank you, Commissioner Ryan. Senator Rich. Um, just uh, briefly, because uh, the motion has been withdrawn, but I, I just want to say that I, I personally think that this is the wrong. This would be the wrong message to send. We have spent a long time here, and before I got here, you know, working on building up a strong CBE program, and I think it's just the wrong message to send to people. Uh, this is a signature project, and uh, I think we should make sure that we. I understand we're going from 30 to 25, but I just do not think it should go anywhere below that. Thank you, Senator. First round is done. Commissioner Holness. Yeah, I'll close. One, as Mr. Cohen stated, and I know for a fact, in many instances, having CBE participation drives our costs down. And why does it drive our costs down? Because it expands the pool of competitiveness. When you're able to break contracts into smaller pieces, it creates more competition for those contracts, and, and I know that it has done so, especially within our cleaning services. Substantial reductions 
uh, were gained when we broke many of those contracts into smaller pieces. Uh, in terms of this particular situation, uh, what I understood is that there are some bids that were not CBE bids that came in lower than the CBE bids. Uh, what could be possible is there are probably already larger contractors on the projects that already mobilize that uh, now is able to capture some more business uh, and as such don't have the increased cost uh, because they already mobilized and they're, I, I'm not sure, but that's a possibility that I think, think could exist. The other piece of it in terms of pass-throughs, if you create a situation where you have CBEs and then you say you only provide the labor, you don't provide the rest of the material, you're not helping them build capacity to be competitive in the future. You're, you're building uh, a system where they become reliant on prime contractors. So they never get out to be competitive because they don't build the capacity. Uh, that's why I, I believe we are doing the right thing in ensuring that we are not allowing for these pass-throughs. Because with pass-throughs, it, it almost becomes a sham. Uh, that you give some company or entity a check and says, we're gonna give you some money but we still do all the work. That's not building capacity. That, that makes no sense. Uh, with that, uh, I complete my statement, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Commissioner. There being no one else in the queue, we have a motion and a second to approve A, B, and C as amended by the Tuesday memo and the additional materials. I'm gonna ask all in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? Please show that that motion passes nine to zero. Next. That's it for the agenda. Next is non-agenda. Uh, I'm going to start with Commissioner Sharif. The only thing that I want to do today is to wish everyone a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. Thank you. Commissioner Farr. Thanks. Uh, this morning we had a, uh, I was part of the Prosperity Partnership with Broward Alliance. They had a whole thing going on. They had about 100 people uh, with showing all the different pillars. It was pretty good. We did a video. I did want to thank Mike Jorgensen for helping us put this together. Uh, he did, got us the green screen, did the whole thing, and uh, he made us look good. So thank you, Mike, very much. Um, again, congratulations to both of you guys uh, for the new positions. And don't burn the bird on Thanksgiving. Senator, <laughs> Senator Rich. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I, I first want to uh, congratulate uh, the new mayor and vice mayor. And uh, we have a lot of work to do, so uh, we're getting, getting to it pretty quickly, starting with this. Um, I just uh, also want to, um, I know everybody is celebrating Thanksgiving, but Hanukkah comes early this year, November 28th, is first night of Hanukkah. So those people out there and those on our dais that celebrate Hanukkah and anybody else that wants to uh, recognize the Feast of Lights, um, I uh, just uh, want to just mention that the holiday is uh, is upon us, and uh, we're all, I think, in a mood to celebrate something, something. Yeah. <laughs> whatever holiday it is, <laughs> whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I don't know, whatever else I might be missing, but anyway, uh, just want to extend uh, my uh, best wishes to everybody for the holiday. Vice Mayor Fisher. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Um, just a quick announcement that, of course, the Broward Community Rail, the New River Crossing, 
Uh, stakeholders workshop will be here this coming Thursday, uh, the 18th at 6 p.m. So please, if you're interested in being a part of that stakeholders meeting, go to BrowardCommuterRailStudy.com for more information. But hope to see you there here on, on Thursday. And as uh, Senator Rich talked about, uh, happy Hanukkah, everybody. And of course, happy Thanksgiving. Again, congratulations, Mayor. Thank you, you too. Senator Geller. Thank you, sir. I'd like to congratulate you on uh, being elected mayor, as well as our new vice mayor. Um, I would like to point out that I uh, have mentioned in the past about this labor working group that I've been doing for the last four years. People have asked if they could attend, and a particular action commissioner fur, I believe, has asked about that. And we haven't in the past been able to because they weren't sunshined. In order to remedy that, we have sunshine this meeting. It will be this Thursday at 9 o'clock at the Levan Center at Nova. So any of the commissioners are invited to attend. Uh, again, uh, half of what we do is just the introductions because what we find is that there, with so many groups, we'll probably have you know, 40, 50 people there. They don't all know what the other groups are doing uh, and what benefits are available and what job training is available, so we found this to be very helpful. So I'd like to invite everybody there, wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan. No comments. Commissioner Bogan. I'd like to join in and uh, not only congratulate you, Mayor and Vice Mayor, uh, look forward to working with both of you. And you know, Mayor, you said that one of your themes was being health. And uh, I certainly want to invite you to co-sponsor my, my endeavor <laughs> and, and, and be part of it, because if without your health, you have nothing. And, and uh, I think we know people in, in this world that are having health issues. And so um, uh, I, I like the theme. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank you. Commissioner Holness. I bet Fitzy's coming up. <laughs> you know I just it. have a feeling it is. <laughs> you, know, you know it has to be on the agenda. Right. Uh, first, let me congratulate you, Mayor Yudin. Uh, I believe you're going to serve us with distinction. Uh, I think you have the temperament uh, to conduct these meetings well uh, and the skill sets to do so. And Commissioner Fisher, Vice Mayor Fisher, congratulations on your selection also. Uh, Senator Rich, it took me a while also before I got to be Vice Mayor and Mayor. It's, it's okay. Be all right. Uh, and Mayor Geller, thank you for your service this past year as our mayor. Of course, we have Fitzy, but before I get to Fitzy, let me bring some exciting news for those who have been around a while. The cricket pitch will be open. What's that, whole mess? We're going to have crickets. Pitching on some place? No. I'm proud and excited to tell you that World Cup cricket will be coming to Broward County. We made the investment. The investment is paying off. We invest in Central Broad Regional Park where we build a multi-purpose stadium that accommodates soccer, football, and other sports, but distinctly cricket. 
It's the only facility of its size, of its sort to date, that's sanctioned by the International Cricket Council to be a professional ground for playing cricket in North America. There are others that are planning. But the good news is this, that World Cup cricket is coming. And, and, and understand this, for, for those who don't understand cricket and the impact that it has on the world. It's the second most, most watched sports in the, sport in the world. Second only to soccer. Football comes third in terms of the uh, World Cup. And I've, I understand that India has selected Broward County to be the place they want to play from. There'll be three pitches in the United States. Hopefully, they'll get them ready by then. They're looking to build others. But this is great news. This is going to mean a tremendous amount for us for tourism. Those of us of you who have been around, when India came to play the West Indies, it was an awesome sight to see so many people in Broad County. We, 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 we increased our economic output uh, by about $20 million as a result of those couple of games. Imagine this on a larger level. Uh, so it, it is coming. We need to be prepared. And uh, let me thank our county staff for working with us, with our partner, Worldwide Sports, uh, to really continue pushing and pressing uh, for this to happen. It would be a great thing for the United States in terms of tourism also. Uh, and this evening we kick off FITSI with a reception with uh, Sister Cities International. Uh, they have become our partner this year, and that's a huge deal for us to have Sister Cities International, an organization that's been around since President Eisenhower, who thought that it's important that America build direct relationship with the rest of the world, people to people, and that's the purpose of Sister Cities. And they are going to play a major role in our event uh, starting this evening. Tomorrow, uh, we will have registration beginning at 7 a.m., breakfast from 8 to 9. 8.30 will be a, the cultural art exhibit will open. Uh, thanks to our cultural department for their assistance with that. And we're going to have our opening ceremony from 8.30 a.m. to 9.50. Uh, mayor, you'll be speaking. Uh, so will the mayor of Fort Lauderdale, uh, amongst many other uh, leaders that will be there speaking. Uh, and our World Expo opens, where you can make the connection to do business around the world. And then at 10 a.m., we have how to, do, how to bring your business to the United States. So those who are uh, in business looking to meet other businesses that might be coming into the United States, uh, be there uh, to make those connections. At 11, we'll have steps to export it. So those who are here locally want to export, uh, there'll be 11 steps uh, to export in a seminar that will be given at 11 o'clock. And then at 12, we have the buyer and sellers networking uh, event. So if you're looking to buy or sell goods, especially to major entities, that's a great time for you to be there from 1 to 2. Uh, we'll have the world leaders and former presidents panel. Uh, we have seven former presidents that will be in attendance uh, from Latin America and the Caribbean tomorrow. 
Uh, we have uh, His Excellency Guillermo Solis Rivera, uh, Costa Rica, uh, His Excellency Jorge Cregora uh, from Bolivia, uh, His Excellency Vince Vinicio Cerizo from Guatemala, uh, His Excellency Carlos Mesa from Bolivia, His Excellency Jamil Mahoud from Ecuador, and His Excellency Luis Alberto Lacay from Uruguay. Uh, so that's, and then they will have doing business with the world. The first part will be with Latin America. And we'll have uh, a res presidential reception at five to seven. And the event continues through the next day. I won't go through every detail, but certainly you ought to be there tomorrow. If you have not yet registered, uh, FitzyExpo.com or come on over to the convention center at 1950 Eisenhower Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale. That's 1950 Eisenhower Boulevard. It's going to be a great event. I think we have in excess of 1,000 people already registered. So looking forward to having a great time at Fitzy uh, this year. And I know, Mayor, I'm grateful that you will continue uh, this event uh, going forward. Uh, even when I'm not sitting on this desk. Thank you and thanks to all again. Congratulations to everyone. Thank you, Commissioner Holness. I guess you defer the balance of your half hour that I had reserved for you. So, uh, <laughs> County Attorney Drew Myers, any comments? Thank you, Mayor. Just congratulations to you, you and, and to Vice Mayor Fisher. Uh, happy holidays. And I also just wanted to mention that when you receive an invitation for something uh, in email or like uh, Commissioner Fisher, uh, Vice Mayor Fisher, mentioned today. Uh, it's very helpful to us if you let us know just so we can vet it. We're already going to vet this one, uh, but we just want to make sure no inadvertent sunshine issues. Thank you. Thank you very much. County Auditor. Uh, just uh, add my congratulations to the mayor and vice mayor and express my wishes for a happy and safe holiday season. County Administrator. Yes, and I'm going to mention this because our MC uh, Commissioner Bogan didn't mention it. But on Friday, we have the dedication for the complex co courtroom, um, 17th floor the, at a courthouse. And um, I will also add to the congratulations to um, both of you and happy holidays, everybody. So thank you so much. And thank you, Commissioner Bogan, for agreeing to MC that. I can't be there that Friday, so I'm glad you're the one that's going to be able to take over the on that one. Couple quick things. First thing is, it's on there. Just get Marty Cassini any board appointments or any of that stuff. I guess we have to go through that motion now. I'm inclined to keep pretty much everybody where they are. If there's something that somebody really wants to change, get it and, and, and let me see what we can work out. I'm going to try and, as is customary, do the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance and the TDC as mayor, but I, I think everybody does a great job on the boards that they're on, so I'm going to try and keep everything as close as possible. Um, the, I've, I've discussed with county administration, everybody sees our positivity rate in Broward County has been going down. 86% uh, of those eligible age 12 and up have received at least one dose of vaccine. Um, if you include age five and up, we're at 76% uh, have received one dose. Um, Vaccine, vaccination rates will continue to rise as we add more people into the eligibility. 
Um, as of November 15th, 70% of Broward County employees have affirmed that they have been vaccinated. As a result of the positive trend in cases, positivity rate and vaccination rates, I've asked county administration to develop a plan to relax our facial covering requirements, similar to Miami-Dade and Palm Beach County. So I know they're gonna be working on that. I just wanted to mention that publicly. Um, uh, this Saturday is the Pride Parade in the city of Fort Lauderdale. I'm looking forward to marching with Mayor Trantalis. And finally, 6.55 tonight, if anyone's around, uh, Panther Arena, Broward County Night at Panther Arena. They're letting me, it's, the NHL has stopped dropping ceremonial pucks, but Matt Caldwell figured out I had a big family and can sell a lot of tickets. So <laughs> I'm dropping the puck at 6.55. If anybody wants to go, I think there's still some tickets available. It's Broward County Night at Panther Arena as they play the Islanders. With that, I believe we're adjourned. Happy holidays. See everyone December 7th. God bless you. Later. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The lunch meeting is now at Tower Club. So your staff and everyone's invited. Let's walk over to Tower Club and uh, have some fun.